Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Daou, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. All right, everyone, welcome to Friday's episode of Secrets and Saddle, all things cycling podcast. And today I've got a really special episode for you. Um, I don't know if you following if you're following me on Instagram, you would have seen that last weekend I went and I participated in my first ever gravel race. Okay, so this let's just in context. My first ever gravel race. So make sure first, make sure you follow me on Instagrams because I'm putting up all the pictures and um, some reels from it and things like that. But here's how it went down. So it was my first ever gravel race and I just got my first, well, see, I want a gravel bike, but I couldn't afford a gravel bike. So who here is in the same boat who would love to own a $4,000 gravel bike, um, but just can't afford it? So, you know, I choose to put my money in other places. It just wasn't the time to splurge on that kind of expense when we're trying to become debt free, if you know what I mean. Um, and but my friend Jason and his episode is going to be coming up very shortly is he has a retro bike shop. And so when I went and I did his interview, he, he started talking to me about the frames that he brings in and, um, that he could find a frame for me, like an old steel frame, a Bianchi steel frame that used to be a mountain bike and he could retrofit it for a gravel bike for a thousand dollars. I was like, fuck, okay, I can, you know, a thousand dollars I can put out, four thousand dollars I cannot. So he honestly had a frame and I got it in two weeks. So of course I did some vanity, I had some vanity questions. Can you painted so it's orange because I love orange and you know all these things and the wheels and so but here's the thing I just had to let that stuff go right it wasn't brand new it wasn't super light and but the thing is that it allowed me it is is going to allow me to draw ride gravel anytime I want now and I was able to participate in this event so that's all that mattered really I had to get over my my vanity and myself um, and say, you know what? Um, this is a sweet ride. It was comfortable. It, you know, and oddly enough, like, I don't know much about, uh, about steel bikes. Um, one of my first bikes was a Peugeot Tri-Series tri from 91. But, you know, a lot of people are like super cool 
I got a lot of comments, compliments on that bike on the course, oddly enough. It was kind of funny from guys. And I had one girl, and here's the thing. Okay. So <laughs> before I get ahead of myself, because I'm a great storyteller, I love, um, you know, just, yeah, anyways, talking about racing, it's fun. So I picked up my bike literally the week before and like last week and I rode it home 30k I'm like okay this is cool uh it fits okay the handlebars are a little bit I don't know the adjustment weren't as comfortable as hoping they put extra cork underneath the handlebar tape so that made it super nice I love that um and they had bar and shifters so I wasn't used to that however um so I rode it home and then um, I brought it back to get new tires on. So I knew the new gravel tires, um, which were super nice. Now, on Friday, I so I got the bike. I hadn't ridden too much on it. I pretty much didn't bike too much last week. It was kind of leading up to uh, an event. So I wasn't going to go out a whole lot. Um, I was just going to sort of rest. And I had lots of good sleep uh, night sleeps, um, which is super important because it's, it really, you know, rejuvenates you and allows you to have the opt most optimum energy for an event. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree? Cause like the worst thing you could do is go to an event already fatigued and stressed and tired. And, um, it just doesn't produce good results for me anyways. And so, I packed up. So I literally took the whole week to get all my stuff together. Um, and I packed the car, the truck on Thursday. And I left around 1.30 on Friday. So I was hoping to get there early, get my race kit and check in and also uh, drive the course. And I was literally um, the last minute that I was able to go and ride the course. And while I was riding, so it's, if there's any kind of advice that I can give you with regards to racing is know your course. Get on your course, whether you get to bike it ahead of time or drive it. It is so important so that you know where you're going and you can kind of plan your strategy and, and figure out like, oh, this hill, Okay, I got that hill, you know, and always knowing ahead of time creates a less daunting kind of feeling when you're going out there and you're just following people and you don't really know. Anyways, I've always been a planner. I've always believed that getting ahead there ahead of the time, riding the course, driving the course. Um, I've always done that in my years of racing and um, team management. It was one of those things that was put into the schedule where we got there ahead of time and we went exploring. So I was able to do that, literally rolled back in when it started getting dark and I had to put up my tent and, <laughs> and everything, but I was glad I did. And in the meantime, I was like, you know what? I forgot my bike shoes. <laughs> So I don't know about you, but this could probably throw anybody into like a hair spin and a tizzy and it's, and it's, but the thing is that I brought my hiking shoes. I did have flats already on the bike 
And to be honest, my mountain bike shoes had been causing me some issues. And there was just one spot that it rubbed right on the top of my, um, right on the top of my foot. And I continuously got, um, boy, like blisters. So I was like, you know what? I'm kind of glad that I'm not wearing those shoes and I don't really care. Um, flats, I can, the only, I, I think I bounced out of my bike at least like just once, but flats, you know, I can still power up my hills. And you know what? It was a lot better for my knees because they had been bugging me from the season. Um, so I just, you know, I said, all right, I got, I got hiking shoes. And you know, one of the girls passed me. She's like, oh my God, I'm like, wow, I can't believe you're racing in flats. Good on you. I was like, you know, it's, I'm missing a little bit of the back pull, but the rest, like you really do have to hammer down. And it doesn't matter if you've got flats or you're clipped in, um, you still got that motion. So, so anyways, and then I met, so I slept there the night. I had an amazing sleep and then I got up and, you know, I met some of my neighbors, some guys who were like camping right beside me, super nice guys. I woke up an hour late to eat. I was like, cause I was going to wake up at six and start eating. Here's another tip for you in events. And this is one of the things my coach taught me like in 2005, when I started racing, eat, start eating four hours before your race time. Now, yes, that means you might have to wake up in the middle of the night to start eating. And if you've ever re uh, re um, read any of Joe Friel's books, he talks about this, getting about 800 calories into your body before you start your race event. So you're at an advantage, a caloric advantage when you start. You've already got those calories in and they're already... Um, uh, translating into energy. And all you have to do is maintain while you're racing with your bars, your whole snacks, like whatever your electrolytes, things like that. So, um, I was able to make my shake. Uh, I have pre blended it the night before. Um, and then I just made some extra food. So I had rice and I had lentils to eat during my lap times because I was just like, oh my gosh. All right, friends, we're going to stop for one hot minute to tell you about some exciting stuff that I have going on. And so first, I want you to go to the show notes and I want you to join my accountability Facebook group. So if you're someone who is a solo rider or you need more motivation or you'd like to join a tribe of like-minded people and you're kind of like maybe isolated, this is the page for you. I'm growing it. I want to put accountability out there because I know for me, um, I'm in there and, you know, it's just great to have people who are lifting you up and doing great things in fitness and in cycling. So go to the show notes. It's goalcrushertribe.com and join there. That'll link you to my Facebook page. Now, Here's a super exciting thing. This October, I have a cycling skills four week workshop for women who are new to cycling. Now, if you have a no, a, a beautiful woman who just got on her bike and she's not quite sure about how to use her bike, 
forward this information to her. She is going to love this webinar and or workshop. And uh, because what it does is it gives the foundations and the fundamental skills for cycling. And maybe maybe you might be looking at that too. Like, how do I get faster? How can I climb hills better? Well, it all comes down to skills. It's not about the grind. It's about the skills. So check out its cyclingskillspro.com. Again, it's in the show notes. Go there. It's starting this October 8th. And um, there's a code in there to get a rebate. So go to the show notes and check it out. Um, it's four weeks. So we have an interactive webinar, then you've got homework, then we've got Q&A, and you're going to get everything you need. So maybe you're not. It's honestly one of these programs that is going to give you everything you need in tips and tricks to get better on the bike, both outside and inside on Swift. So go check it out. Join my accountability group. Let's do this together. And here we are back to my race report. I don't know about you, but the, when I eat a whole lot of sugar, my stomach doesn't feel so good. My tongue gets all, you know, like, eh, I don't know, fuzzy. And I just need some whole food. And it was amazing. So my girlfriend, Allison, showed up. I told her, you better get here early so that you have time to get yourself set up um, and uh, you're not rushed. And so we started, there was about 30 solo women so it's a 27k loop and you basically ride that loop as many times as you can in the eight hours from 10 a.m to 6 p.m so all right race start and um, we're all lined up and and i'm always like i have to be towards the front so i take off with the faster girls. And the thing is, is that this gives you a complete advantage of if you can maintain it without kind of blowing yourself up, because realize this isn't just a one shot race. This is eight hours. This is a long endurance ride. Um, so the, the race isn't going to be won in the first lap, if you know what I mean. So, but I had to tell myself that. So I took off with the top six. So it was a total of six of us who were well off into the front, which is great because like I said, it gives you an advantage to get ahead of everybody else. And then, you know, I, I was eventually dropped on a couple of the hills. The thing is that um, with my bike, I ended up, I biked a whole lot of it in the drops and everybody was in the hoods. And I don't understand that because like, if you go downhill in your road bike, you should be always in your drops. It's where you have the most control and being on a downhill gravel course, it is rough and you need as much control as possible in, to have your hands on the brakes. And the funny thing about my handlebars, because the shifters were at the ends, is that it made it super easy to shift with my the palm of my hand. Um, and the hand, so, and it was really good. I, you know, I stayed in there the whole race pretty much. Um, and because I shifted down there, my back was killing me, but Oh, I forgot to mention that, yeah, I got my period the night before. Fabulous, right? So that 
that I was like, I don't know if my back's hurting because of the bike or because I have my period. And it, luckily it held off until I was done. Must have felt all the stress. <laughs> Anyways, so the first lap, you know, I'm thinking like, oh my God, this is great. Like this, this ensures me like top five or top 10. And um, then I'm like, uh, wait up, Sylvie, you have no idea what's going to happen in this eight hours like you could go way down to the bottom you could end up being at you know higher you have no idea what's going to happen with these girls like are they continue riding at this speed um in any case so i was just like okay i just gotta chill on that kind of you know and then so the first round I flew in, they dropped me. That was fine. They were actually too, a little slow on the hills and it was stopping me uh, from flying down them. So I came into pit and I ripped off my undershirt and my, my arm warmers. And then I went back out right away. So then like I was pretty much by myself for the majority of the race. And that's where like, you know, sometimes you're like, oh my God, what am I doing? All these negative starts, thoughts start popping in your head and like, oh my, you know, like, am I going to get four laps? Am I going to get five? Um, should I stop? Should I take a longer rest? This is ridiculous. You know, all these things, you ever had those things go through your head? Um, and um so that was kind of lap two. And also my shorts were really starting to rub on me. So that kept my mind busy. And then for rat, lap two, I realized I didn't time my first lap. So I was like, oh my God, I think this is going to take me like two hours, but I wasn't calculating properly. I set my timer and my second lap was the fastest lap at an hour five. Amazing, right? Like, wow. And so I flew in, I ripped off the shorts, I put another pair on, I took a couple of bites of the lentils and I grabbed an, another bar, another snack, and I went back out. And so that was like lap three. So I'm on lap three, I'm like, okay, this is like really cool. I finished my lap three in like an hour 10. So I'm like, okay, I'm getting slower now. Um, and, and so it's like, okay. And then I went out for lap four and I finished lap four around, um, one fifteen. So maybe like five, five minutes slower. I was like, okay, that's cool. I'm it's at three o'clock. We basically have three hours left. I will go out for my last lap. I got three hours and when she knows, so so I'm thinking that I'm like, ah, oh, I can just dawdle my way. But then I was like, um, we're being timed, right? Like, how does this work with timing? And so I stopped. <laughs> You're going to love this because this is the competitive side of me. Um, so I come up to this lady and uh, she's she's a little slower. She was walking on the hills. I'm like, what are you doing walking on the hills? You can just, you know, go into a lower gear and, and go really slow instead of, you know, so you could save your legs. And she's like, oh, you know, and then I was like, oh, what lap are you on? She's like four. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. She's on four. I'm on five. We're not in contention. And then this other chick rolls up and, um, I dropped the other one on the hill and, then we started talking. She's like, yeah, I'm on lap five. I was like, lap five. 
I was, you know, I was thinking in my head, oh my God, this is my competition. I'm like, I didn't want competition lap five. I just wanted to like cruise in. And so I literally dropped her on a downhill. I was like, I have to keep going forward faster. And the thing is that my last lap was like an hour and a half, but I actually stopped for like five minutes at one of the aid stations to say hi to some guys there because I thought they were really funny. And I just wanted to, like I said, my last lap, I'm going to say hi. Um, so then I'm just like, oh my gosh, I just got to keep going. I can't stop. I can't slow down. She, I don't like, I don't want her to pass me. I want this spot. And and so she never did. So every time somebody passed me, I'm like, I oh, frig, I hope that's not her. Um, <laughs> you know, the funny things that go through your head, right? I'm being completely honest. This is like, I don't want her to pass me like, fuck this. I'm getting, I'm going to move my ass. But then one girl did pass me. And for life of me, there is no way I could even catch her. But I was like, okay, pff, you can have it. Um, <laughs> good on you. 25 years younger. And, um, yeah, I can use that card. I'm 50 and these little chickies are, you know, 25 um, or even younger. Who knows? But I rolled in and um, you had to be in uh, 20 minutes to five if in order to be able to go out for a, sec a last lap. Because you had to finish at six. If you didn't finish at six, it didn't count. So the thing is, like, if I was to go out and I wouldn't come back in time, then I did that whole lap for nothing. So I just stopped. And I just, I just, it, it's amazing how much your body just is in so much pain when you stop riding. Like, you can't even move. Your joints are so stiff. It's unbelievable. And Allison was already there. She's already, like, changed and everything. I was like, oh, my God. But in any case, guys, like, um, I just like go and step out of your comfort zone. So that's why in the last episode, um, of my podcast, of my episode on Friday, I asked for people to share with me different events in your area. So if you're still listening, I'd love to know what type of events, whether they're mountain biking, road or gravel, that are in your area because I'm looking for things for 2022 to do. And are you already looking at your calendar? And if you're looking at your calendar, do you know what you're going to be doing for your winter training? Have you got that set up? Because um, I am looking at, like, I'd like to find a couple a couple events um, south of the border, like into the States. I got to cross my fingers that we can go over and, um, and participate in them. Like, I know there's lots of cool stuff in Canada and I'd love to know what's happening. Cause like literally um, this, we just saw on a, a random gravel page, but um, I love for those shares tag me on Instagram. Um, Tag me in your stories, put it up, send it to me. Um, I'll share it. Um, I would love to do something extraordinary over the border 
Um, so I need to know what those are so that I can put them in my schedule now and I can set up my training for the winter. And speaking of training for the winter, guys, I have a winter 16-week road cycling program. It doesn't matter what you ride. Skills are the same. Skills, use same skills in gravel, road, fat bike, um, mountain bike. They, and I can tell you that... Um, when I was watching some techniques on the weekend is that a lot of things could have been better with proper gearing. And I'm telling you that course was like, it was ups and downs. It was rollers and, um, quick, fast changes were, were required. And if you're not used to that, you could be gearing and grinding too much. So this is what, is part of this program. You're going to learn how to uh, gear properly. You're going to learn how to climb hills like a rock star. You're going to learn how to smooth out your pedal stroke. Um, you know, uh, changing, um, getting in and out of your sa saddle, the transition for sp sprinting and for hills. And also you're going to learn about nutrition. So this is my four-week um, road cycling program for women and it's for guys too but it's all geared towards cycling skills you get uh one webinar a week which is going to give you the the um demonstration the description like your explanation and then you're going to practice with me during the webinar and then you're going to get homework and then there's a q a so what my philosophy is to really put as much information out there as possible so that you, the road cyclist or the cyclist, can get as much out of it as possible, right? Because it's it's not really useful if you don't get as much understanding to implement. And so this is a quick four-week you get one skill a week. It's my cyclingskillspro.com. It's in the course descriptions. And then there's a longer one. It's 16 weeks. And that's when you really get all the skills drilled into you. You can use it while you're riding on Swift. It's super amazing. I've been doing this for 16 years. And people love it because they don't forget. So with that, have an amazing day. Remember to share with me the events in your area and don't forget to follow me. And I appreciate you so much for being a listener. Um, we've hit over 50,000 downloads. I'm so excited. Please share and have an amazing day. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review, if you feel so moved, by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment, telling me what you think, and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, 
Have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.